The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos age backwards? When they, they come into this world, they crawl their way up out of the ground as very old armadillos, and then they get younger and younger throughout their lives until they're, they're babies. What happens then? Oh, then they, they get sucked into a vagina and never seen again. <laughs> <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts... To find out how you can access episodes a day early and check out our other podcasts, visit patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 13 through 15 of Crossroads of Twilight, book 10 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Fael wanders around the Shido camp and thinks about how it just kind of sucks to be a slave. She lays some groundwork with a potential Aiel accomplice, so, you know, if escape doesn't work out, at least she's got some hot Aiel dong on tap. Uh, and apparently he's a solid masseuse, so, you know, got that going for her, too. Uh, then we check in with Elaine. She's out shaking hands and kissing babies. You know, Andorans love that shit. When she gets home, she takes a bath. And for some reason, we spend a whole chapter on that. Uh, it's a long, long bath. But on the bright side, we close out with Elaine selling a piece of her country to a bunch of traders, with a D, not a T, who are probably a lot cleverer than she gives them credit for. Traders, Indeed. not traders. Oh, yeah, we get it. Traders. Yeah, not traitors. As in Trader Joe. Exactly. The, the general that famously sold out George Washington. Yeah, Trader Joe. <laughs> it's weird that they named the grocery store after him. Yeah, yeah, no, That's I don't get it. choice. Yeah. <laughs> Chapter 13, High Seats, Icon of the Lion. Do you guys want to talk some more about Andor and politics? <laughs> I, I, I think we don't have a choice, right? I was uh, thinking about it. I think that it, with maybe the exception of the random Matt traveling chapters at the very, very beginning of the series, I think this may have been where the least amount of stuff happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, no, there's, there's some things that happen, um, right? Like, uh, let's see. Uh, Lane well, scolds her bodyguards for not preventing these people from barging into her back. Yeah, I was which... going to say that, yeah, which is good i mean maybe more of a like firing than a scolding <laughs> you'd think right uh it just feels like this is not a precedent that we want to set where yeah if there's an ambassador well we can't stop him from going into the queen's bath chambers you know yeah if they're if they're, they're really really serious about it then you just let him go right in yeah and then uh so after that bath scene elaine gets dressed at length and she gets news that Dielan has returned with four heads of houses of the Great Horse Houses of Andor, which is pretty cool. Oh, there is another thing that I wanted to mention here, and I don't, I don't know that it's super important, but um, I know we in the last episode we were talking about how Lane's bid for the crown is kind of a done deal, and that's why Dielan's siding with her and so on. It's like Dielan knows this is this is it, right? Yeah. But I noticed that um, I think it's the the who is it? Is it the clerk who brings up the fact that yeah, it's the clerk. Uh, her her head clerk says that the bankers and the merchants uh, are not backing Elaine. They they seem to think that this is not a done deal. And I wonder how their math works out. Like, 
they typically you'd think that the bankers and the merchants would be the best informed about how this is going to pan out, right? I don't think that they realize how many people Elaine has killed with magic. <laughs> that's a like, good I point. Think, that's I think that's the, the key element. This, throughout these all these chapters, this is why I keep thinking this is irrelevant. This is irrelevant. Elaine can kill all these people with her mind, you know? And she Elaine's can. Elaine's like sister. Her best friend's sister can also kill all these people with their mind. And, and she likes like doing it. A toothpick. Yeah, like that's the <laughs> yeah, thing. Absolutely. Elaine probably wouldn't kill a bunch of people with their mind, but Avienda definitely would. Right, yeah. And 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 her boyfriend loves to kill people with his mind, you know? Yeah, like he's you know, he's he's actually got a prophecy written about it, how he's probably so, gonna kill a whole bunch of people with his mind. Yeah. So the maybe these bankers just they don't have that piece of information yet. You know, they're, they're looking at this and they see, well, this other person's got a bunch more houses and, and we think Elaine is this stupid girl. Who's just a pawn of the white tower or something. Yeah, I suppose that's and, true. It just it seems like they would be better informed, but yeah, that, that, that is the only answer that makes sense is that they, they are not better informed. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I get that Elaine feels like she cannot use her magic powers to win this war for some reason. Um, but also she could just go to these bankers and say, look, this is only going to end one way and she could prove it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, let me melt, let me melt, uh, you know, one of your vaults just to <laughs> prove a point. Uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah, like you said, Dylan shows up and she's brought some company. Yeah. And it's the house heads of four houses who turned out to all be kids for some reason. Yeah. They don't explain yeah. that. It's, yeah. It's well, not, it just, it just randomly happened that way. I guess they're not, it didn't, it's not an intentional thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering about like, is this is this the pattern doing something funny? Is this like, is there some event that happened in the last like, you know, recently that suddenly a bunch of the heads of houses are are dead? I mean, like, I can think well, of a few different things, right? My first thought was that the actual heads of these houses are sending these their kids in as like representatives on Elaine's side, but they're also sending some other representatives onto Amarilla's side. I keep saying Amarilla. Even when I was like reading it, it's Aramilla. Aramilla. Amarilla. I keep saying Amarilla. But she's not <laughs> Sean Chanian. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to Aramilla. But that doesn't appear to be what happened. It appears to be that these kids are just the heads of their houses because of the internal house politics or somehow. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, Elaine does point out that it's really strange that they showed up without without minders, essentially. Right. Because, I mean, you, you, these aren't. Yes, these are the, the heads on paper and probably in most of the ways that matter, but like usually they have somebody who's making decisions for them. So it's yep. interesting that they showed up without those people. Maybe one of these houses, they send in the kid as like a sacrifice, you know, you know, if yeah. Elaine wins, then, then we were on her side, but if they're not, Oh, that's just my stupid son. He doesn't know mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that, except that, all four of the houses did that. Hmm. It is, it, it is an interesting, interesting uh, arrangement. And, mm-hmm. uh, and because Elaine's, you know, doing the politics things, she has to like make awkward conversation with them, which is. Yeah. Uh, the kids mostly uh, suck. Yeah. They really yeah. do. There's one kid who's, who's kind of quiet. Uh, what's his, is it, uh, not Canale. Uh, is it Parable? I didn't learn their names. Yeah. I, what, one of the kids who's, who's younger, she's like, oh, this one, this one actually seems to know what's up, but most of them really suck. Yeah. Yeah. Catelyn's kind yeah. of a. Kind of a jerk. Canale uh, is really full of himself. He like wants to go fight the the <laughs> a champion from the other side. He's like, no, nah, dude, don't do that. Yeah. And they brought some more soldiers, which is nice. Yeah, and they're good ones, like uh, crossbowmen and halberdiers, good for manning the walls, apparently. And then after that, there's 
some arguments among Elaine's close advisors, Birgitta and Dialen and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, Birgitta and Avinda in particular have feelings about the fact that there's these kids they're having to deal with. But Dylan's like, hey, we got what we got, you know, we got to figure this shit out. Right. Yeah. And Dylan was off moving, was traveling with Rianne. So through second person perspective, we get to find out what Rianne was doing when the beacon happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So we, I think maybe maybe we've covered everybody now. We Everybody knows where they were <laughs> when that thing happened. Yeah. <laughs> So after this, uh, in come the first maid and the first clerk, who are the next on the list, on the agenda. Mm-hmm. Chapter 14, what wise ones know, icon of the Tarvalon flame. So the Reen Harfor and Halwyn Nori are, they're like the bureaucrats that work at the palace and Elaine has them on counter espionage. Mm-hmm. Which, which I always thought was a bad idea, but apparently Harfor had a dude's leg broken. It seems like they're doing a pretty good job, you know? Uh, yeah. yeah Renee Harfour, yeah, apparently arranged for an accident for this one dude so she could, you know, get a counter spy going. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't uh, know the first maids did that kind of thing. Yeah. So this this is a, one of the things that they report. This is kind of early on. Um, they report that, so essentially she's having someone followed and this person goes to an inn and meets with somebody who's sends pigeons to the north, which I assume means Tarvalon. She's... The, yeah. this person but this intel is also being passed to some local Aes Sedai some Aes Sedai from the brown Aja I was like who are we like like this was so this is what's wrong with the Aes Sedai like there's two different groups of Aes Sedai who might even be with the white tower who are separately spying on the same events and not sharing information it's just like this is the problem man everyone needs to get on the same page here mm-hmm. yeah like who who are these random browns do we know I no, I don't think we know. I also noticed that there, this guy is a librarian, and so the spy for the Brown Aja is a librarian. I mean, a little on is, the nose. Yeah, I mean, come on, people, this is espionage. You try and make it a little bit hard for them, right? Yeah, yeah like I, a bartender or something, brothel owner. You know, yeah. it, the the Brown spies are probably just. I mean, they they might even just be spying for keeping accurate records. You know, they're like, well, we're writing history here. <laughs> we need to make sure we get all the information. He could be literally spying on the books. Right, like a new book shipment comes in, and he sends a pigeon off to Tarvalon, so they can, you know, because the, the Tarvalon library—they're looking for the rare books, right? Yeah. Is this something that's changed? Like, have I said I? Because, like, they're basically back in like the Dark Ages now, right? More or less. With yeah, uh, and they've lost—they've lost so much, and they're gaining a lot of knowledge back now. But like back in the day, were the Aes Sedai more sharing? Because from the flashbacks that we've gotten, it seems like. It was a much more technologically advanced time, and I'm imagining there was more sharing of knowledge then. In the Age of Legends, my impression is that everyone was, it's like it was like a utopia. Everyone's sharing knowledge and everyone pursuing knowledge together. Yeah. I, my, my interpretation is that what we're seeing is the White Tower is not Aes Sedai in general. It's like the White Tower is this like spy, you know, political maneuvering organization. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it was like this in the Age of Legends. No. Yeah. I think that they, in the Age of Legends, probably the Aes Sedai uh, were just sort of in charge of everything. They were they were the leaders, you know, right. sort, sort of in, equivalent to Catholic Rome mm-hmm. was just in charge of the Roman Empire for hundreds of years. Right. And then it's still around after the, the empire has fallen and it still, you know, has influence all over the place. Yeah. But it but uh, they didn't have to be so. Uh, what's the word? 
conniving. <laughs> conniving, yeah. They didn't have to be so duplicitous before. Well, and also, like, they had universities, right? Because Masana was the one who got pissed off because she had to teach and couldn't do research. But that wasn't at Tarvalon. <laughs> that was that was at, like, a university, right? I don't think Tarvalon existed back then, did it? Yeah, it didn't. The, t- oh. the White Tower is a post-breaking thing. Okay, yeah. so they had universities, which we, as far as we know, they do not have that anymore. Right. I think. Yeah. Well, I think it's. I think Rand is the one who's kind of reinventing right. the idea of universities with his little learning centers. Yeah. Set up. Plus, they did lose half of half of the population's ability to do magic, so that probably also had a big impact on gaining yeah. knowledge. But for what it's I worth, think it's a. Uh, it's like. It's a sign of how petty the White Tower has become. You know, mm-hmm. bitches be like. <laughs> Here's a counterpoint that just occurred to me. So the only surviving people we have from the Age of Legends are the Forsaken. And yeah. they are all super duplicitous and conniving. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are is that something that they brought from the Age of Legends? Were they always kind of maneuvering? And was that something that was always happening? Or is that something that's a product of the, the Dark One? I, I, I think either an argument could be made for either, but something to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd be tempted to think it's just because they're the ones that got turned. Yeah, the dark one. Tur- the dark one chose them, and the dark one, as we see from their side, plays them against each other constantly. So yeah, it could just be that. Mm-hmm. In other news from Harfor and Nori, uh, someone is trying to burn their granaries, uh, which you do when you're sieging a city. Yeah, um, Amarilla's people have all over leveraged themselves with the bankers. They've all they've borrowed. So that they're all deeply in debt and they don't have the collateral to make the payments. Mm-hmm. And they, they talk about the fact that not only have they borrowed deeply, they're borrowed multiple times against the same stuff, basically like pitting bankers against each other in a way. And then uh, Elaine's really concerned that the, the bankers are going to find out about that, which I, I kind of love this, because if the bankers find out that essentially there's no way that they're going to be able to pay their debts back normally they're going to attempt to influence the political outcome so that the people who borrowed money from them all of a sudden have access to the royal coffers. I was like, holy shit. That's like, that, <laughs> that, that made me think of the the Dagger and the Coin series a little bit. This like the idea that there are bankers who are like behind the scenes, like, yeah, I mean, you know, money, money, money is power sometimes, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And all they care about is getting the, is getting paid, getting their dividend. Yep. And uh, yeah, so, the- so one of the things that Elaine wants to learn from these, the spy network that they're kind of trying to put together uh, is where her opponents are going to be and when. And I was like, you know, if Elaine knows exactly where they are and when, there's not a whole lot stopping her from like just stepping on over and having a chat, right? Like, yeah, not right? not necessarily killing them, but if Elaine walks in to this place where you know uh, Aramilla is and just like has a chat with her, that's going to be a little intimidating, right? Yeah, you'd think so. You could just grab her, right? That's apparently kidnapping is totally on board for these housing, these housing, housing problems for these <laughs> uh, house games that they're having. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Or just send Avienda to grab him and bring him back. She's good yeah, at right? doing gateways. Yeah. Yeah, they could. They really could, right? Like mm-hmm. nothing's stopping them. They could yeah. just send just some Aiel to sneak is. in there and get him, right? Aren't Aiel super good at sneaking? Yeah. I mean, so Avienda who's also an Aiel, could teleport in, sneak, teleport out, right? Right, yeah. And if yeah. one of the, the Lords of Ladies slips on an icy patch and falls onto Avienda's belt knife, you know, <laughs> whoops. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Things happen in war. Clumsy, clumsy. 
Yeah, I, I kept. This is one of the points where I was thinking, like, why are they spending so much time on this? This does not matter, right? Mm-mm. It really doesn't. Like, like nobody in their right mind would think that Elaine is going to lose this conflict somehow. Yeah. Oh, also that that uh, that Borderlander army from like two books ago is apparently still hanging around, looking scary. Yeah. So is that is that army number four? I was trying to keep track. We've got the we've got the 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 Andorans who are laying siege to Camelin. We've got uh, Davron Bashir's. Uh, army people of the dragon whatever dragon army we've got the aiel army and now we've got another separate borderlanders army oh by the way don't tenobia and davron bashir have some beef right now they do yeah so it'd be bad if tenobia shows up and realizes that that davron bashir is right there right yes i think so but elena sent them off on a wild goose chase luckily yeah i i guess luckily (laughs) i don't know where that's going at all then the wise one Monael comes in um, and gives Elaine a magic ultrasound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time the- to get that, uh, the, get that baby baker exam. I've got to make sure that dragon bun's coming along all well. Yeah, they, yeah. Were t- they were talking it up and, you know, having had personal experience with give the giving of the birth, I was like, man, like, how are they going to do this? Are they going to, like, be sticking stuff up inside of her? Because that's a big part of being pregnant. <laughs> So yeah. I wish we had had the magic delving when I was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even it's have convenient. to have any. Yeah. Nothing invasive at all. Yeah. But she learns that it, that she actually has two dragon buns in the baby oven. Yeah. Right. Because Rand is so potent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because don't didn't we learn that Avienda's going to have quadruplets or something like that? Am I crazy? She's going to have four kids, but like they aren't necessarily born of her. So I was speculating oh. that she's going to end up raising like Elaine's kids if Elaine dies or something. I don't oh, know. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Hmm. But it seems yeah. something like that. Good job, right. Elaine. Uh-huh. Good job being a, you know, pregnant, single teenager. <laughs> is she still? A te- yeah, I guess she, she might she's, still be a teenager, huh? I got the impression she was like 19 or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that that's not not unreasonable based on the math. It's weird yeah. to me because like I know it's like it's Camelin, like it's the big city. It's not Emmons Field where they're super puritanical, but like nobody's being judgmental about yeah. her being randomly knocked up by some dude who may or may not be her her guard. Well, in Andorran culture, the queen's allowed to have consorts and like concubines and shit, right? So it's yeah. not actually a problem. A like deal. remember her mom, like. We do we know who Elaine? Oh, we do know who Elaine's yeah. dad is, but like, oh, yeah, yeah, her, she was her married mom was to like, them. yeah, she was hanging with Gareth Bryan for a long time. She was definitely hanging with Tom Marilyn, like, you know, mm. she's she, yeah, she didn't like, marry any of those dudes. If the if the worry here is that people are going to think Elaine is a stupid girl, uh, and not ready for the throne, then letting the news get out that you're pregnant and you won't, nobody knows who the baby daddy is. That's that's really bad for your image, right? Yeah, I think so. I just you would certainly I, think so. I've and I'm not even I'm not saying you know people should be like tarring and feathering her or there should be a woman behind her chanting shame, but I just find it unbelievable that there would be so little judgment or discussion going on or even curiosity. Like, oh, it I feels don't think like. I- I did not think, get the impression that there was no like. I get the impression that's like a constant source of gossip around her. Like they're you always so? looking at her. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's talking about how when she has this conversation with uh, you know Dark Friend Melar, whatever his name is, 
uh, people are watching because they want to see how he how she interacts with him or whatever. They're like, oh, you know. Yeah, and I get some all, of that. I mean, we we do get all this from Elaine's perspective, and people are not likely to bring it up. Sure, well, I mean, fair didn't, enough. Didn't didn't someone literally say like, oh, I heard that you already had a falling out with him earlier today? Like, clearly they're talking about it, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I, I, so I think it's like a constant source of gossip, but I, I think it's just not something that they like. I mean, she, she's the queen. You can't like, you know, be too overt about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So anyway, they get some more news. Uh, Marilil has absconded with a Seafolk apprentice. Yeah, yep. I think we already knew about this, right? D- didn't Talon want to go to the tower? I feel like we, we had this conversation like uh, either one or two books ago where she was like, oh, my sister's this is going to be the wave the 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 queen but i you know because of favoritism and getting i'm getting treated like shit i want to go to the white tower wasn't this a thing like she talked to yeah she said that to nynaeve i think yeah yeah so maybe i think that must be what this is but but marilil is she has a job right isn't she's like the one that can't leave uh she's supposed to be but uh she also hates her job so like doesn't this mean that she's a dark friend not necessarily i to, to me not necessarily i uh Although it, it, it could certainly be that. But I think it's just that she hates the job and she's looking for an excuse to get out. And Talon was like, I want to go to the tower. And she's like, all right, let's go. Right. It's my interpretation. But yeah. yeah I, mean, I, I feel like Marilil has been, I mean, I, I think she's a dark friend. But if she's not, then she's been put in a really awful situation and nobody has her back. Where she just gets basically tortured all the time by the sea folk. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and the and the idea is they're going to take her onto their ships and torture her for years, and she's like, "This is terrible," and it's like played for laughs. And everybody's yeah, like, I, "Well, you know, eh, fuck Marilyn, <laughs> forget her," you know. It makes me very uncomfortable for sure. Every time and, I like and think I, about, I don't remember what her doing anything here. wrong, really. Right? She was no. just the she was just the person that they sent to Ibudar to deal with the Ibudar people. Right? She, she, I think she's just like the only one in the room who wasn't like one of the the big big players right like that i think that's literally what it was they were like going down the list it's like nynaeve uh nynaeve did it for a little bit but nynaeve had to go elaine while well, she's the queen uh who else have we got we've got uh van Deen. oh well, no her sister just died we should keep her out of this so sorry Marilyn. you know yeah mm-hmm. like they don't have that many eyes to die with them yep anyway so elaine heads back to work uh if work you call it Oh, we also learned, and this is maybe not important, but you can definitely channel while you're pregnant, uh, although it doesn't work very well. Like your channel, you're, you have trouble maintaining and holding weaves and it gets worse as you go. And because you have the power of life within your body. <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah. But on the, on the bright side, uh, you don't get morning sickness because the, the power protects you from morning sickness. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's nice. nice. Sure. <laughs> but also, you can't channel it all while you're actually giving birth during labor. They said that's you know you lose the, the ability briefly, but it returns quickly after the baby is born. So now we know all that. Yeah, it's an oddly specific thing for him to point out. I wonder what the point of that is. Yeah, I don't know. maybe something crazy is going to happen while she's giving birth. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh no, I'm helpless. The assassins have come, and the one moment I'm I I can't protect myself when I'm giving birth. <laughs> and and unfortunately, there's no one else around while I'm giving birth for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so, chapter 15, Gathering Darkness, Icon of the Dragon's Fang. Um, let's see. So, Elenia Sarand is riding around in Amarilla's camp and thinking. Yeah, so this is a, another Jordan special, do. right? 
Yep. Um, she's basically politicking, right? She's pressing the flesh among the the common soldiers um, because she she's trying to like you know politic her way into the throne. Yeah, it, I I gotta say like the, through through her her thinkings. It becomes very clear to me that this is not the pleasant team. Like the the usurpers team is not a good place to be. Like Aramilla is is seems to have some sort of hold on them to the point that she can like have horrible things happen to them. Like yeah, I I have no idea what's going on here because they they all keep thinking everybody keeps thinking Aramilla's an idiot, right? She's mm-hmm. so stupid, but Aramilla is like torturing these people and they're they're plotting and scheming and trying to get away and they're terrified of her but they can't get away and we don't find out why in this chapter. Yeah. I, I think we, I think it's alluded to, and I'm not, I'm not certain I entirely understand, but what I've been able to gather, and this is like through the whole chapter. So I don't know what I should say this now or later is essentially she went in with an army and extracted the, uh, Alinea and Nain from that, from, uh, wherever the Erangel, I think is where they were yeah. being held. And, essentially didn't let them have enough soldiers with them to like do anything useful. So they have like a couple of armsmen that are with them, but like she has them essentially like captive. And in addition to that, she also has uh, essentially like torturers. Like she has this guy that she's talking, they keep talking about this Terraboner and apparently he can do something terrible with cords. So he, so they have no support. They have no, no people loyal to them, but she has them there. But these are supposed to be heads of great houses, right? What about that their armies? True. You know, d- uh, d- apparently there's this weird th- situation where, like, they're sending out letters to their armies, and the army, and they're like, Aramilla is forcing them to send out letters, like, telling their armies what to do. And even though Elenia's husband is out there super angry and wants to cut his way to her, she's just not doing it. This doesn't make any sense to me at all. Why are these houses not at war if she's holding their their heads captive? Well, I think it's just that they are hostages, right? Like, like if if they attack, then she can just kill them, right? Yeah, but the but the only other thing we find out about these houses is that, the, is that everybody in the houses is constantly scheming against each other. <sighs> yeah, like it, and, it doesn't and, make any sense. And and I think another thing that we learn here, just from Alinea's perspective, is that she's intentionally staying there because she sees an opportunity like Alinea sees herself coming out of this as queen right like mm-hmm. Alinea is already she, she said it several times um she's got a plan she knows what she's doing she says something like never never walk away from an open door so I think she's choosing to be there for now you know it, but, but yeah also, it, like it doesn't it, do, it doesn't square up primarily that Aramilla who everybody says is an idiot is doing this incredibly devious like torture mind game to everybody just to keep them in line all the time. Hmm. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like Aramilla is as stupid as they say, just because she's managed to kind of maneuver them. And it appears to have maneuvered yeah, them the, into a corner. But the one thing that doesn't happen is nobody says, man, we really underestimated Aramilla. They all keep thinking, Oh, she's a complete idiot. Despite the fact that she outmaneuvers us at every turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 for a little bit, I was like, these, these must be three dark friends that are, and she's just been put over them, but they don't talk like dark friends and they don't, they don't act like they, they say, they don't say things like they say the dark Lord in their minds. They don't say the, whatever the, the great That's Lord. True, or yeah. So I, my, my thought was dark friends, but it doesn't seem to track that way either. Anyway, either so way, she's yeah. what seems, so Aramilla is keeping all these people in her thrall by various stratagems and tortures um, Elenia and 
Nyan sort of plot together to try and escape. Um, Nason is there, who's apparently an insane kind of rapist lord. Rapist, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was very uncomfortable. Um, who is working for Aramilla because she has his weird granddaughter. Yeah. Um, Sylvace. Yikes. And like one of these people's got to be a Forsaken, right? I I uh, I don't know who would be here at this point. Like, yeah, there's that. There's there's certainly Forsaken uh, at play here, but like as far as I can tell, none of these are a Forsaken. Mm-hmm. These are all people that everyone knows. Yeah. You know? But uh, but either way, Alinea does use this to extract a promise of a of a letter from Nyan, which I guess would help her. It, having that in writing would mean that she owns Nyan essentially, right? Right, yeah, which I also don't buy, but whatever, you know, this is how the house game works in Andor. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, this 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 seems like a pretty terrible place to be. Uh, yeah, it's it it sucks. They're at an army camp, they're running out of food, they all hate each other all the time, and they get tortured regularly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, if... Alenia messes up, then apparently Aramilla will just sh- throw her to this insane uh, rapist high right. lord. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. Yeah, but Alenia is just like, I'm going to kill him. So you know, that's that's the yeah. deal. <laughs> so yeah, that, I I really thought these were all going to be dark friends because this is like the dark friend way of dealing doing business, pretty much. But but you're right; they give no indication of it. So then we cut to uh, David Hanlon. Speaking of dark friends. Mm-hmm. He's also out in Camelin at night. Captain Mellar. Right? Yeah, right. Captain Mellar, the hero who <laughs> saved Elaine that one time. And is also a super bad dark friend. Yeah. Uh, he kills some guy who was following him. Um, he doesn't know why that guy was following him, and it never he never finds out. <laughs> but he, uh, I mean, like, he just kills the shit out of him. I feel, I feel kind of bad for the guy. Like, <laughs> do we even know that that guy was actually following him? <laughs> yeah, He's right. Just, well, it is yeah. pretty suspicious that he had literally no identifying features or things on him at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Is I don't, I don't know if that's suspicious back then. Like they didn't have driver's licenses, you know. But fair enough. <laughs> Cart driver's licenses. Yeah, but they yeah he yeah he kills that guy, and this is just how David Hanlon operates. You know, he's walking through the city, might have to kill somebody who's following me. Didn't know who it was this time. Anyway, I got somewhere to be. And he, he goes to meet uh, Shein at the, the house where Shein lives, that, that dark friend house. Yeah, checking in with his evil bosses like you do. Yeah, the, he's got the, there's an interesting bit about his arrangement with Falion, who like she was his sex slave or whatever as punishment for her. But they actually have got a deal going on where they pretend that they're having sex, but they're actually like kind of just sharing information. Yeah, I mean, I guess that works out pretty well for both of them, right? I kind of like the way that David Hanlon thinks, you know, he's just, it's all about angles. He's thinking like, you know, I get, I get that I'm supposed to be like raping her to punish her, but she's an Aes Sedai and, you know, the wheel keeps on turning. Like, I don't want to have her be my enemy. So he's like always thinking about angles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think for someone like him, you have to, like, that's probably the only reason he survives, right? Because he's, you know hanging around with some really shady people. He is kind yeah. of unique for the series because a lot of times when we find really, really bad people, they're extremely incompetent um, or they're yeah. just not very good at planning every Forsaken. Um, so <laughs> he is an interesting character. Right. So Hanlon finds out there that Shein is meeting with representatives of House Sarand and House Marn, who are the houses that are in Aramilla's camp. Yeah. 
and it's it sounds like Sheehan is maneuvering this this some of this behind the scenes, but neither, none of those people appear to be like high people. They're just soldiers from this camp, so maybe they're just spies. I don't know. Yeah, um, and then when uh, Hanlon goes in to meet Sheehan, she's just killed some guy. Uh, <laughs> Didn't like what he said, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He asked, he's um, like, so uh, did he say something wrong? She's like, yeah, he said a lot of shit wrong. I mean, he's dead, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we find out that she's the one trying to burn the granaries. Um, she wants to free some of the Suldam from the palace. And she wants Hanlon to seduce Elaine, which he's been attempting to do anyway. Yeah. My, my takeaway from all of this is that is that for the Forsaken don't want Elaine winning this little succession thing. They want the people the the people on the outside to win it, which again lends the their dark friends uh theory, I suppose. Yeah. At, at least Aramilla or or I, I think that that Sindace or what the heck was her name, that that creepy girl. Oh, the the daughter of the the nice. granddaughter of the rapist Sil- guy. Sil- Sylvace, Sil- yeah. Sylvace. Oh, like one I, of them's got to be a forsaken has been manipulating this or something, right? Maybe. Yeah. That, that would explain a lot if, if there was a, yeah, that would explain a lot, but I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, all these people in this house, they all intend to kill each other just as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, they hate <laughs> each other. This whole thing. Uh, oh my God. I can, I still can't remember his name. What is it? What is his name? Hanlon. 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 Hanlon is like in the room and he's like, Oh, better not drink this wine. It's probably poison. Oh, I accidentally swallowed some of the wine. Uh, there's probably not much poison in it because that other guy's <laughs> already dead. So, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> just like this, like his, seeing his the gears turning turning in his head. Like this is not a good place to be. But he's like, yeah. I'm gonna kill her and I'm gonna kill her. Yeah, he's standing there like, like with his hand on his dagger. Like maybe it's time to kill her, right? And then she turns around and she's got her dagger out already too. Like these people. How does this organization even function? <laughs> I think it only barely does, you know. Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, turnover, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They must have a, like a real heavy duty recruiting pipeline. Yeah, their their attrition is uh is pretty impressive. One thing that I thought was interesting is that Hanlon was going through the list of people that might have sent a person to kill him, and he's he thinks the most likely candidate is Birgitta. I mean. He, I, I'm not sure that's wrong, right? Like that's really not her style. No, she no. Did it you, you're right. That's not her style. But she, she definitely wants him dead. Like she doesn't trust that dude. Yeah, she doesn't like the guy at all. But you're right. It, she's more likely to just like kill him in front of a, you know, kill it, herself. It struck me as weird because he's so canny, right? He's like making all these calculations all the time, but he's completely misread Brigitte. Well, they so keeps... who do you think sent him? <sighs> I have no idea. <laughs> Well, they keep saying he doesn't recognize the full potential that young women can have. Like he just calls them chits all the time. He thinks that they're kind of vapid and not, yeah. not don't have any real power. That's a good point. Yeah. That may be his blind spot. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it seems possible that Shein sent the person, though I don't know exactly why. She asked him about it, right? She's like, Notice you have some fresh blood on your your gauntlet. And he's like, oh, yeah, I had a knife foot pad. And she's like, huh, okay. You know, I don't know if that was like a threat. I don't know. I Like, I don't know. Yeah. I. Uh, why would she invite him to meet her and then have him killed on the way? Why not send him somewhere else? I, okay. Actually, you know who I think sent the guy? Dialin. Because this guy is oh. obviously a wild card. This guy's obviously a problem. Dialin is, is, you know, 
That makes has, sense. Has sworn fealty to Elaine, and this guy could screw it up. And, and Dylan doesn't necessarily trust Elaine not to like screw everything up for this random guy that she seems to be flirting with. Okay, you know, I, I, I buy that. Dylan Dylan would do it, right? Like, yeah, like she's the sort who would send someone after someone to knife him in the back. Mm. So I, th- right. I, th- I think that's possible. Anyway, so anything else? Nope. All right, so that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters 16 through 19 of Crossroads of Twilight. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we might answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Armadillo Podcasting Club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The the light light illuminates.